Taiwan has recalled its ambassador to Honduras after Honduran President Xiomara Castro sent her foreign minister to Beijing. Honduran Foreign Minister Eduardo Reyna is in China to promote the establishment of official ties. Let's hear from Taiwan's foreign ministry. These actions seriously hurt the feelings of the government and people of Taiwan. The Taiwan government has therefore decided to recall its ambassador to Honduras with immediate effect to express its strong dissatisfaction. I suppose it's not looking great. We don't compete with China in dollar diplomacy, so we've entered a very difficult stage. A diplomatic source said that since Castro took office in 2022, her administration had repeatedly reached out to Beijing and had also asked for a 6 billion U.S. dollars cash injection for development. At the same time, Castro's government had asked Taiwan for nearly 2.5 billion U.S. dollars to finance infrastructure projects and to help pay back national debt. This week, Taiwan's foreign ministry stated that it would not engage in monetary competition with China. The U.S. House has overwhelmingly passed the Taiwan Assurance Implementation Act with 404 votes in favor and just seven against. This act amends the 2020 Taiwan Assurance Act. It asks the U.S. Secretary of State to periodically review its rules for engagement with Taiwan and to ensure stronger bilateral ties. It also seeks to cut the red tape that restricts exchanges between Taiwan and the U.S. The new bill must next pass a vote in the Senate before it can be presented to the U.S. President for signature. With the wrap of a gavel, the U.S. House passed yet another pro-Taiwan bill. The Taiwan Assurance Implementation Act cleared the floor with 404 votes in favor and seven against. The bill was introduced by Republican Congresswoman Ann Wagner, vice chair of the Foreign Affairs Committee. To ensure the United States engages Taiwan in a way that deepens our relationship with this important partner. Taiwan faces an unprecedented threat from an increasingly capable and erotic People's Republic of China. Wagner stressed that the act would combat China's aggression and support an independent Taiwan. The new bill amends the Taiwan Assurance Act of 2020. It bolsters congressional oversight of U.S.-Taiwan relations, requiring the State Department to periodically review its rules for engagement with Taiwan and to submit its findings to Congress. It asks the State Department to seek ways to deepen U.S.-Taiwan ties and lift restrictions on bilateral engagement. We watch what's taking place in Taiwan. Back in January 2021, then-U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo had already lifted all restrictions on contact between U.S. officials and their Taiwan counterparts. But under the Biden administration, many of the old rules were reinstated. The Taiwan Assurance Implementation Act asks for those restrictions to be removed once again. This represents the strong bipartisan support from U.S. congressmen for Taiwan. It provides a foundation to further normalize exchanges between the Taiwan and U.S. governments. It allows officials from the U.S. government, the State Department, and officials at all levels to visit Taiwan. It also allows for visits by Taiwan officials to the U.S., establishing a solid legal basis for that. The bill still needs to pass the Senate before being delivered to U.S. President Joe Biden for a signature. With U.S.-China tensions reaching a boil, Philippine President Ferdinand Marcos Jr. has authorized four new, four new U.S. military bases within his country's borders. 
On Wednesday, Marco said that two of the sites are located in the northern region of Luzon Island. They are the closest U.S. bases to Taiwan. According to Taiwan experts, the new bases will let the U.S. swiftly deploy air support in the event of a cross-strait crisis. Philippine President Ferdinand Marcos Jr. said that amid rising tensions, he's expanded the number of military bases available to the U.S. There are four extra sites uh, scattered around around the Philippines. On top of five existing locations, Marcos has granted access to four new bases. There is one in the southern province of Palawan near the South China Sea. Another is in the Zambales province in central Luzon Island. The remaining two, in Cagayan and Isabella in northern Luzon, will be the U.S.'s closest bases to Taiwan. The U.S. will not permanently station troops on these bases but it will use them to store armaments and build infrastructure, including runways and fuel depots. Should the U.S. have a way to deploy its air force on Luzon Island, it will increase the feasibility of intervening in the Taiwan Strait conflict. To a certain extent, it will also be able to launch targeted attacks on China's southeastern provinces and bases. We can see that the U.S. military strategy is to reinforce the first island chain in order to block the PLA from reaching the second island chain. Experts say that once the U.S. military establishes a presence in northern Luzon, it would become a powerful asset in the cross-strait battlefield. Taking stock of the U.S. military presence around Taiwan, Besides the Philippines' Luzon Island, there's the Cadena Air Base in Okinawa, located 600 kilometers to the northeast. To the southeast, there's a significant U.S. military presence on Guam. In the event of a cross-strait clash, these bases are poised to swiftly intervene. In wartime, the air units in Okinawa and those soon to deploy it on Luzon Island will be extremely useful. Guam can mainly serve as logistical support. In the event of a Korean crisis, American forces stationed in South Korea and Japan may be stretched thin. This is why the U.S. is re-establishing its forces and military presence in the Philippines. With tensions rising between the U.S. and China, the U.S. military is bolstering its presence near Taiwan, preparing for any outbreak of conflict. With the last of the COVID restrictions easing up, Taiwan is ready to party. Food and beverage sales were booming last month, according to new government data. February saw a staggering 77.7 billion NT in revenue, an increase of more than 8% from last year. This was mainly driven by an increase in business for corporate spring banquets and during holidays, as well as increased demand for in-flight meals. Food and beverage revenue hit a low last May, sinking to 57.6 billion NT. It recovered to surpass 100 billion NT this January and reached nearly 78 billion NT in February. Altogether, revenue from the two months set a new record of 178.2 billion NT. That's a 20% increase compared to the year before. Amid rising inflation, there is one small restaurant in Taitung that is going against the grain by slashing prices. This hidden gem is famous for its generous balls of noodles and wonton. The signature dish used to be 70 NT and was already a great value. Now the chef has put the price down to 60 NT. Why? Let's find out. 
The chef cooks the noodles to perfection and spoons juicy wontons into the bowls. Each bowl has a couple dozen wontons inside, and the chef will add more noodles on top, labeling mincemeat sauce and adding a sprinkle of scallions. This noodle shop of over 50 years standing is nestled inside an old Taidong market. The generous-hearted owner fills bowls of wontons up the brim without counting them. Once a local secret, the eatery is now gradually becoming known to tourists. First-timers can hardly believe the big bowl of wonton and noodles is just 60 NT. In Hong Kong, it wouldn't be possible. Two wontons are $60. This is so cheap, it's impossible. Before this wave of inflation hit food prices, the chef would add an extra egg into the bowl for loyal customers. That's not an option now. But to fight the rising cost of living, he's lowered the price from 70 to 60 NT. It's going against the market. Firstly, eggs have gone up in price. So I thought, why not just bring the price down to 10 NT? The amount of wonton and noodles in it is the same. You're not losing out on anything. I just earn less. But I'm just here passing time. I don't care about how much I earn anymore. The chef says that with his children working and helping to support him, he's not got any financial worries. So running the restaurant is just a way to maintain ties with loyal customers and take joy in the fantastic meals he serves. And there's this restaurant that has a new approach to healthy eating, customized meals. The shop is run by nutritionists who design and plan customized meals suited to each customer's body and needs. The approach is great for people who like to exercise or work out at the gym, but have little time to prepare meals. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang spoke to the restaurant's founder to find out more. Workers carefully chop chicken. Then they add the chicken and vegetables to the lunchbox. This is no ordinary lunchbox. It's a customized meal designed by nutritionists. The shop's nutritionists calculate the amount of calories a customer needs and then tailor make a lunchbox for them every day based on their nutritional needs. I was a nutritionist agent at first, and then later on we built a team of nutritionists. We considered the fact that there are many healthy meals on the market, but the ratio of vegetables to protein is not in line with the difference between the amount of exercise and body weight. So we developed a combination of healthy meals and do our best to offer farm-to-table dining options. The food is mainly boiled and stir-fried. The owner of the store hopes to reduce the amount of seasoning as well as retain the original taste of the food. In order to make the meal more flavorful, each meal box has a side of sesame dressing. Besides meals, the team has also launched green smoothies. The team has a farm in Sansha where they grow their own vegetables that are used in the smoothies. We created a relatively cheap green smoothie, a bit like the concept of a handshake and drink. We tried to make the consumers less disgusted with drinking green smoothies. We also built a lettuce garden because of this and set up a lettuce farm in Sansha. The main reason is that when you think of cabbage and carrots, you will probably think of the taste. But if it's romaine lettuce, butter lettuce or green flame lettuce, you don't think of the taste straight away. The team of nutritionists hope to create many more innovative and tasty meals that meet its diners' unique dietary needs. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Li Yi Han in Taipei.
Taiwan Central Bank lifted its benchmark rate by 12.5 basis points on Thursday after the U.S. raised its rate by twice that margin. This is Taiwan's fifth increase since last March. It comes as a surprise to experts who widely expected the central bank to stand pat. In a news conference, central bank officials said the rise was aimed at combating inflation and bolstering financial markets. With this latest increase, Taiwan's discount rate will stand at 1.875% starting March 24th, the highest level in eight years. Award-winning columnist Janice Turner visited Taiwan for nearly two weeks last month at the invitation of, tour- of the Tourism Bureau. After returning home, she shared her Taiwan experience in UK newspaper The Times. She wrote that despite Xi Jinping's warm angering Taiwan did not feel dangerous and was probably the most fascinating place for travelers to be. Let's find out why. With its quaint old town and countless small eateries, Tainan is unmissable for visitors, writes UK award-winning columnist Janice Turner. During her two-week trip around Taiwan, she enjoyed a bowl of tofu pudding here at Amping Street. She wrote in UK newspaper The Times that she could have spent another week in Taiwan's oldest city. In the headline of her piece, Turner referred to Taiwan as Asia's ancient, overlooked and risk-averse island. She believed few Westerners visit Taiwan because of outdated perception of its economy and geopolitics. But that's precisely why British tourists should give Taiwan a chance, she says. Visitors can defend democracy and freedom by eating the world's finest dumplings and explore ancient Chinese culture somewhere that doesn't imprison dissidents. And although described as a living hell for pedestrians by some critics, Turner observed that drivers keep to speed limits and pedestrians don't jaywalk in this absurdly friendly country. In this risk-averse society, Turner spotted warning signs that amused her, such as those banning umbrellas on bridges and slippers on escalators. She noted that the Taiwanese are crazy about claw machines, paying little mind to whether they win a prize. During her 12-day stay, Turner visited attractions including Taroka National Park, the National Palace Museum and the Sun Moon Lake. She also made a point of visiting the National Human Rights Museum in New Taipei. Turner wrote that despite China's warmongering, Taiwan didn't feel dangerous. On the contrary, she said that war is unthinkable and right now there is no more fascinating place to be. Have you ever heard of university classes being taught by students? A new project at National Taiwan University asked students to design and teach their own class from scratch. The first course run by a student has gotten off the ground. It's based on romantic cinema and promises to teach students how to love. It's even worth two academic credits. The project is part of NTU's Innovative Design Academy, the D-School. Its director says that more student-run courses are coming soon as NTU students take on more agency in designing their own education and student culture. I love your eyes. And I love the rest of your face too. And I haven't even looked further down. The hero of a movie goes back in time in order to start dating his girlfriend again. In another movie, the hero expresses his undying devotion to the heroine. Now stories like this are part of the curriculum at NTU. And here's the course lecturer, but he's not a professor. This is physiotherapy student Jiang Zongyou. 
Watch movies and learn how to love is the first course proposed by a student to become a real course with credits. The design a course project gives students a lot of autonomous space where we have the potential to create a course according to our own ideals from scratch. The general knowledge course, Watch Movies and Learn How to Love, is the first course designed by students at NTU's D-School. This semester, 2,099 students apply to join the course. That would be a great audience for a rock concert. But in the end, only 59 were enrolled. What we're going to do next is a class on community and housing renovation, and one on how to design your life. We've also offered a class on the practice and culture of pole dancing. Jiang was inspired by romantic disappointment to create his Movies and Love class. The director of NTU D-School, Huang Yunru, says this is just the beginning. More courses designed and taught by students will be coming in the near future. Cans of food are beloved by cats, but how often does canned food make your heart flutter? Well, in Taichung, canned meals are all the rage. Restaurants are adopting cans as a reliable way to deliver meals and reduce leakage. They work for hot and cold meals, and some customers say it's fun to open, pull open the ring top. But others say the cans feel like more packaging than necessary. Let's now head to Taichung to hear more. Open up this can to find inside not a dog's meal, but a tempting soft-boiled egg. Rice is spooned inside and covered with rich master sauce. In just a few minutes, this human can is served. You can take a photo and it's quite fun to pull open the lid of the can. The pull-open cans come with rice or noodles or even soup inside. Just pull open the lid and tuck in. If it's mainly for delivery, then the food doesn't spill easily, and the food is less likely to get spoiled by air. The restaurant was wary of delivery spilling over long journeys, but packing them into these cans makes for a perfectly airtight package. More and more restaurants in Taichung are adopting pull-top cans. It also works for cold noodle dishes. This noodle can features sweet corn, strips of cucumber, as well as the customer's choice of century egg or kimchi. With a little push, the machine fixes the lid onto the can. If the oil is exposed to the air too much, it can easily go bad. Using this method, we can keep it good for longer, at least a day and a half. Aluminum cans also insulate their contents, but these cans are made of craft paper, which is more expensive than normal cardboard bowls. I think the price is okay. Everything is so expensive now anyway, so it seems alright. When I first saw it, it seemed pretty novel, but when the novelties passed, it seemed a bit overpackaged. These tinned meals are fun for customers, but unlike vacuum-packed products, they can't be kept for weeks or months. They can only work for a meal that's so good you want to eat it while it's fresh. Taiwanese baseball star Yu Cheng boarded a flight to the U.S. on Thursday ahead of the upcoming season. Early in the morning, a crowd of well-wishers gathered at Taoyuan Airport's Terminal 1 to send him off. Cheng thanked his supporters and promised to channel their wishes, good wishes, into a powerful performance on the field. Cheng is currently Taiwan's only active player in Major League Be Baseball. He's returning to the U.S. after a stellar showing at this month's World Baseball Classic in Taichung. Baseball sensation Yu Chang is headed back to the U.S. Early Thursday morning, a throng of fans arrived at the Taoyuan airport to send him off. 
I am extremely grateful to all my fans and friends from the media who are here today to see me off. This is a heartwarming scene. I will bring all your good wishes and good energy with me to the U.S. as I play my heart out. Basically, our mindset is that we're behind people from Taiwan and players from Taiwan. We want them to stand tall in U.S. Major League Baseball. The most memorable moment was when he hit a grand slam. I was standing in front of the TV and I jumped up right then and there and shouted, there it goes! Chang handed in an exceptional performance at this year's World Baseball Classic, with two homers to rank third in the event and eight runs batted in to rank fourth. Not only was he named MVP in Pole A, he also clinched the title of Best First Baseman. I'm thrilled to have been named Best First Baseman. I didn't think too much of it at the time. I just wanted to show what I could do. Taiwanese baseball improves every year, so the World Baseball Classic Championship is definitely within reach. Chang was confident Taiwan could capture the title. On Thursday, his wife and son were also at the airport to say goodbye. His wife is expecting their second child later this year. I am heading back to the U.S., but my wife will stay in Taiwan to give birth. Although I'll miss her for sure, I've already enjoyed lots of time with her and I'm happy about that. Chang said he won't make it back in time for his wife's delivery. Upon landing in the U.S., he'll be focused on preparing for spring training.